Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. All right, grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts. As you're going there, why don't you turn to the person next to you and uh, raise your eyebrows at them. They can't see you smile, so I'm thinking about another way. Just tell them they look good. Come on, tell somebody next to you that they look good. want to welcome all of our Facebook family and friends and YouTube. Everybody that's joining in, tell somebody next to you that they look good. Tell them that you're glad that they are with you there, whether you're at home or your office. Come on, one more time. Turn to the person on the other side and tell them, I'm glad you're next to me as well. Come on. Give them a wink, an eyebrow, something. If you're single, it might work in your favor. All right, go to the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. We're getting to read in verse 1. If you're there, can you say amen? amen. Acts chapter 2, beginning to read in verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We're going to put it on the screen on TV or here um, on the screens here in the auditorium. Beginning in verse 1 of the second chapter of Acts, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. It says, it came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled. They were all filled. All of them. It doesn't say some of them. It doesn't say only a few of them. It says all of them were filled. Somebody say filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We're going to read those first four verses. Talk about them for a little bit. As the Spirit enabled them. Out of Acts chapter 2, those first four verses. Today I want to share a message that's on my heart. If you have a journal or a notebook or your iPhone, uh, write this down. I want to talk to you from this title, New Wins. New Wins. And we're going to talk about that for the next 20 minutes, 25 minutes maybe. And then we'll worship God a little bit more and then have an incredible Sunday as we get ready for next week. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love. Thank you for loving people like us. We don't, we don't deserve it. There's no way we could ever earn your love, but you've been so good and so kind to us. And so we just thank you for that. God, we pray that you would have your way here with us today, uh, whether it's in person or people watching online all over the world. Thank you for this Calvary community. Speak to us and show us what you want to do, not just in our life, but through our life. God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say amen. Oh, come on. All of God's people say amen. One more time. Can you make some noise for Jesus? Come on. Put your hands together. This past week, this past week, I, um, I lost my wallet for what seems to be the third time this year. It just, it's getting out of control. I, I used to brag and boast that I was really good at not forgetting things. It seems like for the, pers- for the first 35 years of my life, I never lost anything. Like, my wife is, is, is just, just, just a little bit different than me. Just a little bit. Um, 
like she forgets things a little bit more than me. Not, not too much, but just a little bit. Um, whenever we get in the car and we're already halfway to our destination, she, she'll realize she forgot her phone or her keys or, um, I, I don't know, a makeup bag. Yeah, the makeup bag is absolutely important. We definitely have had to drive back for the makeup bag. But <laughs> Has anybody ever lost something in here? You ever lost something? This week, I, I lost my wallet once again. I'm actually looking into this little thing called the Tile app. Have you seen it? It's a little tile. You put it in your wallet or your keys. So that way, if you forget it, it, it will tell you where it's at. Uh, but I was frustrated. I was extremely frustrated because um, here it happened once again, and I just feel useless with no wallet. I feel like I, I'm no good with no wallet. I, I, I get frustrated. Where did I leave it? I can't stop thinking about it. I felt like for like two, three days this week, my joy was gone. Um, I, I, I was frustrated. I, I was not myself. Uh, we were out somewhere, and I'm frustrated. I'm like, where did I leave my wallet? I can't believe it. And then the waiter comes with the bill. We're out eating, and Anna has to pull out her wallet and pay. Now I look like I don't have money in front of the waiter, and... She, <laughs> The lady's paying for the dinner, not the man, and that just goes against my character because I like treating my queen good. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All the men. Can I get an amen? If you're a strong woman in here and you disagree, I'm sorry. No, I can pay for the bill too. I get it. I get it. Uh, but, you know, I was just frustrating. Uh, oftentimes, what we don't have stops us from doing what we can do. Something is missing in our life. We don't have something, and so it stops us from actually stepping out in what we can do. You, you may be missing something, but you still have enough to do what you're called to do. Right. I think humanity, often we fixate our mind, we're obsessed in what we don't have. I don't have this. I, I'm missing this in my life. I, I still don't have a relationship in my life. I, I still don't have a special someone in my life. I still don't have the business I want. I still don't have the degree I've been looking for. And so what we don't have so often determines our actions. I, I'm not going to step out. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to begin to serve in church. I'm not going to be part of no connect group. Uh, I'm not going to participate in the heart for the house. I'm not going to step out of my calling because I don't even have a calling because look at everything that I lack. I'm lacking so much in my life. Uh, my money's not right. My living situation is not right. My life is not where I want it to be. And so we fix our minds on what we don't have and it stops us from doing what we can do. I think in a year like 2020, where a lot of us have maybe lost one thing or another, it's easy to be full of complaint of just everything we're missing, right? This year's been difficult. It's been hard. I still don't got my sugar foot, my honey boo-boo with me. I, I, this year's been difficult. It's been hard. My business went down. And, and I think in a year like this, as we begin to close out the year, as we're getting ready to go into 2021, we should actually focus on what we do have. I'm getting ready to go into 21 saying the best is yet to come. Come on, I'm getting ready to go into a new year saying if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, come on, I may be missing some things in my life, but I, I'm going to begin to recall to my mind everything that I do have. Oh, come on, some of us in here, we can say I don't got my money situation right, but God, thank you that I still have a house that I can go to. I still got a roof over my head. I still have air conditioning. Come on, at least we still got a shirt on our back. We still got some pants. Come on, we still got some shoes and some sneakers in our closet. Stop focusing 
focusing on what you don't have. Can we start focusing on what we do have? Come on. It's part, it's part of counting your blessings. I'm still alive in 2020. I'm still here this year. Oh, come on. The year's about to close out, and I still got oxygen in my lungs. Anybody thankful that you're still here? Come on. Anybody thankful? Come on. Let's start counting our blessings. Oh, come on. I got something in my life I can thank God for. And so instead of focusing on what we don't have, let's focus on what we do have. I mean, I have all the money in the world, but I'll take, to my, I'll take my wife to McDonald's if I have to. Come on, somebody. We're going out on a date because I'm going to thank God for the blessings he's given me and not focus on what I'm missing. And I think oftentimes, so many believers, so many Christians, we stand on the shore of possibilities instead of diving into the unknown because all we're thinking about is all that we don't have. Well, I'm not as gifted as so-and-so. I'm not as blessed as this person. So we walk into an environment like this, or we're watching online, and we're like, I wish I could be as gifted as Diana, or Mike, or Steph, or Phil, or Pastor JP, or Rich, or Yo. And we start looking at all these things. I wish I could serve like Lulu. I wish I could take pictures like Marlon. I wish I could do certain things. But all, all we're looking at is what we don't have. And what we don't have is holding us back from what God wants to do in our life. And so we stand... From a distance just looking at all God is doing without ever participating because I don't have enough I don't have what it takes and I think one of the biggest things that we discount when we do that is we discount the most powerful thing that God has given us which is the Holy Spirit can I talk about the Holy Spirit for a second come on it's the power of the Holy Spirit in and through us God has given us and promised us the Spirit of God Every single person in this room and online who has called on the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Bible says he's given us the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, who comes to seal our hearts and empower us. You have the Spirit of God. So this morning, I may not have all the money I want, but I got the Spirit of God living inside of me. Come on, this morning, I may not have the relationship I want, but I got God's Spirit inside of me. This morning, I may not have your gifts, but I got other gifts because I got the Holy Spirit in me. Anybody thankful for the Holy Spirit? Come on. Everybody thankful for the Spirit of God this morning? I honestly think, I honestly think we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. We come in here and we talk about lights, we talk about production. Look at those Christmas trees, it looks amazing. We talk about all the things in life, but we don't talk about the most important thing that God has given us, which is His Spirit. We talk about seven ways to a blessing, five keys to turn around your life, three ways to turn around your relationship, two ways to get your sugar foot back, one way to unlock your potential, but we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And I think we need to go back to talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is vital. All of us who are believers who have decided to give our life to Jesus, he's in us. If today you're not a follower of God, it's okay. Just hold on 23 more minutes and I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that decision today. But those of us who are already Jesus followers, who've confessed them as Lord and Savior, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so today, I want to leave you with something today. If you don't remember anything else in this message, I hope this helps you today. Write this down. We have been filled with heaven to fulfill on earth. You are filled with heaven to fulfill on earth. So stop looking at what you don't have and start looking at what you do have, which is the spirit of God in heaven resting on the inside of you so that you can walk out God's purpose for your life. Amen.
I love that the Spirit of God does this. In fact, if we look at the book of Acts, what we just read, the disciples, right, there was 12 of them. Then there was an outer core, really about 72 of them, maybe a few more. They, they've now seen Jesus die. They, they were, some of them were at Calvary. They, they saw him die on a cross. They, they saw him get put in a grave. He was dead for three days. After three days, he resurrected and he appeared to them. And they're like, oh my God, we can't believe this. After hanging out for about 40 days, the Bible says that Jesus, he ascends into heaven and over 500 people witness Jesus ascending into heaven. Now, now he doesn't leave them by themselves. He says, hey, I'm going back to the father, but, but I go so that the helper can come. Right, he says, I'm going so that the helper can come. It's the Holy Spirit. He says, in fact, I want you to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. And he sends them to an upper room. Uh, a couple years ago, I think about already about a year and a half ago, some of us went to Israel and we were in Jerusalem and we got to go see what they believe is the upper room where the Holy Spirit fell. Uh, what we just read, Acts chapter 2, it was awesome to be in that room. And so the disciples see Jesus ascend. They go to this upper room and they're just waiting. Now, now this is just me using my imagination. They were probably in that room saying, like, what's going to happen? I'm confused. Peter, James, and John are talking in the corner, and they're like, this is crazy. Are we next? Like, are they going to come and, and arrest us? Are they, are they going to kill us? They, they told us, Jesus told us, just to, like, just chill here and wait. Is somebody going to knock on the door? Like, you know, Pizza Hut delivery. Uh, who is it that we're waiting for? The Holy Spirit. This is weird. They must be full of anxiety. They must be stressed out. They must be confused. They must be wondering. But they were all there united together in the upper room. Peter's like, I, I don't even know what's going to happen. I just cursed out a little girl when Jesus got crucified, and I'm just here waiting on somebody. I don't know what's going to happen. Let, let's read that one more time. Go to, go to Acts, Acts chapter 2. One more time. Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says that suddenly, in Acts chapter 2, it says suddenly, it says the sound of a rushing wind came into the room where they were, and the Spirit of God began to baptize them. It's the sound of a rushing wind, the Spirit of God moving in this room, and fills them all on the inside. Now, when I read Acts chapter 2, I'm reading Acts chapter 2, it reminds me, when I read that the Spirit of God and a wind, it reminds me of a little bit of what we read last week, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, write this down, Genesis chapter 1. I want you to write that down. Let's read it together. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless. It was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Right? Genesis chapter 1, we've already, the beginning of our Bible, we, we talked about this last week. The Spirit of God is hovering, moving, brooding, shaking the waters. That's literally what it means there in the Hebrews. Now, now when we read Genesis chapter 1, the word spirit there, the word spirit. Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the deep. The word spirit there in the Hebrew, which is what the Old Testament was originally written in, the word spirit there is the word ruach. Somebody say ruach. Look at the person next to you and tell them, Ruach. <laughs> That's just weird. I don't know why we did that, but <laughs> Ruach, right? So when you read the Spirit of God in Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Ruach of God was moving over the waters, okay? Acts chapter 2, when we read that the Spirit, it's the Greek word. The, the New Testament was written in the Greek, which is a common language. The Greek word there is pneuma. Somebody say pneuma. Numa. Now, both words mean spirit, but they also mean a violent wind or a powerful breath. A violent wind 
or powerful breath. So in Genesis chapter 1, when God's getting ready to create the, the, the ruach, the violent wind or the breath of God or the spirit of God was beginning to hover, move over the waters because the waters were about to recede back and the land was about to come out and creation was about to form. Anybody following me? Right, so violent wind was coming. Now, every time we see the ruach or the pneuma, the wind or the breath or the spirit of God move, it's because new life is about to form. Every time in scripture we see the breath of God, the wind of God, the ruach or the pneuma move, it's because something new is about to begin. In Genesis chapter 1, it's new creation. In fact, if you go, go a couple chapters uh, later, Genesis chapter 8, remember Noah? Noah, they're in the ark, and he brings all the animals, two by two, two pigeons, two lizards, two ants, right? All that, they go into the ark, right? The, the whole world is flooded. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 8 that he sent out a dove, Noah sent out a dove, and the wind came, and the waters receded, and Noah can finally step out of the boat into new land. Because the wind blew over the waters, the waters receded, and now Noah and his family came out into new land. Exodus, Exodus chapter 14, Moses and the people of God have left Egypt. They look behind them and Pharaoh and all the Israelites are chasing them. They get to a point where the Red Sea is in front of them and everybody's complaining, you took us out of Egypt so we can die here and our graves could be at the bottom of the sea. And they're all complaining and God turns to, uh, Moses turns to God and said, God, what do we do? And God says, hey, hey, take your staff over, point it over the Red Sea and you're going to see the sea begin to part. Now, the Bible says that when Moses does that, the wind comes, the ruach comes, and the waters are divided so that they can walk past the Red Sea into the new promised land for the people of God. Everybody following with me? Come on, you saw Prince of Egypt, right? So they all walk through there into the new promised land. You go to the book of Ezekiel. I'm taking you through, through the Old Testament a little bit. You go through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 37, the Spirit of God leads the prophet Elijah, and he says, you see the valley of dry bones? These are all dead. These are all lifeless. He goes, I want you to prophesy to them. And when Elijah begins to prophesy to the dead bones, the gruach of God, the wind of God comes, and all of a sudden the bones begin to get some muscles, and all of a sudden some skin begins to appear, and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of people that begin to raise up to new life, and that's the people of God's symbolism to Israel that was going to come back to life because whenever the wind of God blows new life happens Jesus in the book of Matthew is being baptized and the spirit of God falls over him in the form of a dove because his new calling is about to begin for 30 years he's been in the shadows nobody knows that Jesus is really the son of God but after baptism you're getting ready to walk out into your new calling and so in the book of Acts, all the disciples are in the upper room and all of a sudden the pneuma of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God, the breath of God comes into the room and now the church of Christ is born in the upper room and we're getting ready to go out into the world to proclaim, to praise, and to expand and further God's kingdom because every time a win happens, a new dimension is about to begin. And I really believe that as we close out this year, God wants to blow over your life. He wants the wind of God over your marriage. He wants to win the God over your family. He wants to win the God over your house, over your mind, over your body. Somebody today, you need a wind of God to blow over you because you're about to step out into a fresh new season. Can you give God a big praise? Come on, I'm really believing that. I've been walking around too bitter. I've been walking around thinking about all I don't have. I need the Ruach, the Numa of God to blow over my life so that I walk in newness of life. It's the wind of God.
the spirit of God, the breath of God, he blows over you. In fact, Jesus at one point with his disciples, he blew on them. The Bible says he blew on them. Imagine somebody blowing in your face. Like, what you blowing my face for? <laughs> She's like, you guys all doing good? Peter, James, and John are like, yeah, we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, why are you blowing on me? Because the, he was representing the breath of God coming over them. It was symbolic to the empowering of the spirit, to the equipping of the spirit, and the expansion of the spirit. Those three things. I want to talk about those three things really quick. Number one, when the spirit of God, the wind of God comes over your life, number one, the first thing he does, he empowers you. Somebody say empower. Write that down. Number one, empower. When the spirit of God, when the wind of God, those of us who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit comes over our life, the first thing it does, it empowers us. I don't know about you, but I think one of the greatest inventions of all time, all time, is the TV remote control. <laughs> Come on, everybody with me? I absolutely love the TV remote control. It's awesome, and I don't know how humanity did without it, uh, but I absolutely love it. One of the worst things is losing the remote control. You walk into your house and you can't find the remote control. Uh, we will turn our house upside down looking for the remote control. Second to that, the other worst thing is when it has low battery or no battery. Anybody ever with me? Come on. You, anybody ever experienced low battery in the remote control? And so what we try to do is that we, we never really buy battery. You don't need a whole lot of batteries in your house. You may have some. You may not. We don't have batteries. So, so we start looking all over our house for batteries. We'll, we'll look for everything that may have a battery. And sometimes you grab batteries from other objects and put them into the control. Have you ever done that? And it looks like you got a little bit of power and it might work for like two seconds. And then, and then you start hitting the control. Everybody with me? You start forcing it. Have you ever done that? Right? You're like, come on. You're, ah, it worked. Ah! And you start hitting it everywhere you can. Like, right? And then finally, we buy a new pack of batteries, and you grab this new battery, and you put it inside the remote control. New, fresh new batteries. Close up that bad boy, and you start pressing the volume up. And all of a sudden, it's like seamless, beautiful. It's just, all of a sudden, the volume just goes up like nothing. And you're like, you see that? That was beautiful. Best invention ever. What did you, what'd you do? You, you grab something from the exterior, and you put it on the interior to empower that thing. The Holy Spirit comes from heaven, the Spirit of God, the wind of God, the breath of God. He, from the exterior, he comes and he empowers us on the interior for us to walk out or fulfill God's plan and purpose for our individual lives. He comes to empower us. Right, He comes to give you something that you couldn't do before. Maybe you are missing certain things. Maybe you don't have the calling that somebody else has. Maybe you don't have the gifting that somebody else has. But because you've been empowered, now you can do that which God has called you to do. Not because it's based on your strength, but because it's based on His strength. And so, sometimes I feel like we play God. God, I can't do that. There's no way you, I can step out and do that which you've called me to do. As if God called you because of the great things that you can do. He called you because of the great things he can do through you. It was never based on our intelligence. It was never based on our experience. It was never based on our wisdom. It was never based on how eloquent you are, how good looking you are, how wise you are, how smart you are, how strong you are. It's never based on that. It's based on his spirit coming on the interior of you, empowering you. He's called you because of what he can do. Not what you're missing. 
When Peter and John are walking around in the book of Acts and they're doing miracles, signs, and wonders, the Bible says that certain men looked at them and said, who are these untrained, unschooled, ordinary men? Untrained. Like, like basically high school dropouts. Like, who, who are these guys? That they speak like this? And because it was never based on what they could accomplish on their own. And so we look at our careers, we look at our financial status, and we're like, I can never participate in Heart for the House, I can never serve on Dream Team, I can't be part of the ministry because of everything that I don't have, but it's the Spirit of God that enables you, empowers you to do what God has called you to do. Right. And so the Holy Spirit comes and grabs somebody like Peter. Peter is empowered. Peter, when Jesus was being led to the cross, remember he's arrested, they're dragging him over to get whipped and all that. Uh, they start saying, hey, you were with Jesus. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were with Jesus. No, I wasn't. And finally, a little girl approaches him. You, yeah, you were a follower of Jesus. He curses out the little girl, basically. Curses out a little girl. This is the Peter, the one apostle of Jesus Christ, right? Now, now imagine denying Jesus and cursing out a girl. But now days later, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on them in Acts chapter 2, they all began to speak in new tongues. It says that Peter now stands up and preaches one of the greatest messages of all time where 3,000 people get saved on that day. Because it wasn't based on who Peter was. It's based on who the Holy Spirit is in him. When the Ruach, the Numa of God, the wind of God blows over your life, he empowers you. Can I get an amen? Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, but you will receive power. Somebody shout power. power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You can't get to the ends of the earth without the power of God. In fact, I'll say this. You can't fix your marriage without the power of God. You can't fix your living situation without the power of God. You can't do what God has called you to do without the power of God. When Jesus says you will receive power, that word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. It's the root word for where we get our English word dynamite. In other words, Jesus says you will receive dynamite, dynamo, dunamis, spiritual power on the inside of you when you receive the Holy Spirit. So we come to church. And all we're fixed on is what we don't have. Everything I'm missing. God, my life's a mess. God, I overdrafted again. Anybody hate overdrafting? Oh, my God. God, I just cursed out a little girl. I'm just kidding. But God, God, I'm, I'm a mess, right? Like, I, you can never use me. I can't be on Dream Team. Everybody join Dream Team. Not me. If people only knew my life. But wait, you're discounting the dynamite that's inside of you. And so we give God half-hearted worship. We come here saying, oh, God. I don't worship in my strength. I worship in spirit and in truth. I worship him through the power of the Holy Spirit. I come in here and said, I may be a mess. This week might have been a wreck, but I come in here saying, God, you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, the hope of glory living within me. I praise you with that power. I praise you from that strength. I got spiritual dynamite on the inside. And so I serve with that power and I preach with that power. I move in that power. I fulfill in that power because it's not based on Alex. It's based on him. And so the church of Jesus Christ, we're not just empowered personally, we're empowered corporately. He wants to empower the church to do great acts on the face of the earth. And that's why throughout the ages we've been able to. It's not because great men and women have done it, it's because through the power of the Holy Spirit we've done it. 
So number one, he empowers. Number two, he equips. Somebody say equip. That means he doesn't just power you on the inside. He also gives you what you need to do what he's called you to do. He's not going to leave you empty handed in other words, right? He's going to hand you the tools and the resources and the gifts that you need. Every single one of us here, he's gifted you and he's placed something on the inside of you for you to carry that out. Months ago, I get a call from Coyasso, Louis Coyasso up here and Kenny who leads our worship team and uh, Petey who's part of our security team and, and they're saying, hey, you, you want to go play golf? And I'm like, I'm, I'm down. Never played golf a day in my life. Never. I've never played golf. And they're like, you don't, you don't play golf? Come play golf. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm from Hialeah and Color Ridge. Never play golf. Only golf I know is mini golf from the Grand Prix in Flagler. Anybody with me? That's the only golf I know. That's it. I just come out anyways. Come on. All right, cool. Uh, on a Friday morning, we'll go play golf. And they're like, hey, you need a polo shirt. And I said, I don't even got a polo shirt. I don't wear polos. And so at, at 6.30 in the morning, I was at Walmart buying a polo shirt. And meet, meet us at the golf course. I'm like, all right, cool. I get over there. I don't have anything. Like, I don't have nothing. I just, I get off the, these guys, like, he has a whole bag full of, like, 35 sticks in the back, all kind of sizes and all kind. I look at Kenny the same and Petey the same, and I'm, I'm just walking with a fresh new polo. Like, what I do? What I, what I got to do? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they take off their bags, and they set them up because there's a way you put up those bags. They're, they're, they're technical. <laughs> they take out, here's a seven iron. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Here's a seven iron. With this one, if you hit it like this, you will go all the way down the course. And, wow. Here's a nine. You want, a, you want a nine to drive it. Am I saying right? I don't even know. No, I said it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right, and they start handing me all these clubs because I didn't have the resources, but it was placed in my hands. They equipped me so that day I could play a sad game of golf. <laughs> so we come to church and we're saying, okay, I got power of the Holy Spirit, but I don't have certain giftings. I can't teach like that. I can't preach like that. I don't know how to encourage people. Like that. I can't serve on team. I don't know how to be generous like that. The beautiful thing is that the Holy Spirit grabs tools and resources and puts them in our hands. First Corinthians says that he's given gifts to men and women in the church. He makes encouragement out of you. He makes generous people out of the church. He makes people to prophesy. He makes people to teach. He makes people to preach. To others, he gives the gifts of healing. To others, he gives the teach. He just begins to bless each and every single one of us, and he'll put gifting. Some of us in here, you know how to play a guitar, and you can gear up here, and you can lead the worship, and, and just begin to sing and play, and all of a sudden, the church can be built up because of the gifts that he's put inside. Some of you know how to play a keyboard. Some of you know how to preach and teach. Some of you are encouragers. Some of you are servers. Some of you are generous. We need all of us us to be built up because what God wants to do when the wind of God comes is create something new on the earth and so he doesn't just empower us he equips us Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 Paul writes it this way so Christ himself gave he gave apostles he gave prophets he gave evangelists pastors teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. In other words, he's, he's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to, to equip us. We're equipped so that we can build up the body. You've been equipped. And some of us have giftings that other of us don't. But we need all of us. And so when we come to church, it's not just about what happens in these walls. What we remember during Heart for the House is that we don't go to church, we are the church. We don't just come to church. This isn't the church. The building is not the church. You and I are the church. 
And so the Holy Spirit comes to empower the church, to equip the church so that we can be a blessing and impact and influence those around us. He doesn't just empower us. He doesn't just equip us. Number three, with this we'll finish. He comes to expand us. He comes to expand us. Personally and corporately. Anytime the wind comes, expansion comes. You, you have somebody like Peter who is full of fear on the day of arrest and doesn't even want to be anywhere near the name of Jesus. You are following. No, I'm not to all of a sudden him stepping out in faith and boldly proclaiming the gospel on the day of Pentecost where 3,000 people are saved. How do you go from this man to this man? You step out. When the Holy Spirit blows upon you, it expands you. He expands your heart. He expands your faith. He expands your spirit to say, I've called you to do more than you could imagine. And I really sense, as we're getting ready to go into 2021, God, God wants to expand somebody's life in here. To say, you, you've been sitting on your gifting. You've been sitting on the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Some of you have callings that the world needs. Some of you have, have giftings on the inside of you that, that the church needs to be built up. But, but you need to begin to expand and step out and say, I'm, I'm going to leave out of, out of this comfort zone. And I'm going to step out into the calling of God over my life so that we can all be built up and the church of God can expand across the earth. How did we get here in the year 2020 all the way from people in an upper room? Why? Because people stood up and they, they stepped out. Step, come on, somebody step out. It's not just about standing up and praising him. It's also about stepping out. In your calling and so the wind of God comes he empowers us and and I know a lot of people that they get full of the Holy Spirit and that's great you can dance and speak in tongues and all that great but you also got to step out in your calling and so so 2021 let's let's begin to expand not just personally but also corporately as a church it's why we do what we do it's why we serve is why we come in here and I love our dream team who makes church happen week in and week out. People, volunteers get here at 6 a.m. Right? And, and we all enjoy the benefits of it, but, but it's from people stepping out, expanding and saying, hey, we're going to create a place where we can all come worship together. And I'm gifted in, in lights and I'm gifted in creative and I'm gifted in microphones and speakers and all the technological stuff. I'm gifted in whatever area. And all of us come together, creates this place where the church now begins to come to life. It's a beautiful thing. And throughout the ages, the church has kept expanding because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Not because men and women have been great or powerful, but because the Holy Spirit has been awesome in and through our life. And so we're going to keep expanding as a church. This year we expanded into our online campus and I love it and literally people from all over the world have been watching some of the biggest countries are Costa Rica Colombia Sweden Israel literally people all over the face of the globe are tuning in and watching Calvary because we decided hey we're not gonna stay here because what happens inside these four walls cannot remain inside these four walls we have to expand and so and I'm not just talking about like just people seeing us I'm talking about people need to feel the impact of us are you with me? Because we can't be a church that just gathers to focus on us four and no more. This is awesome. It's great. We're going to worship. Awesome. Let's go home. Like what happens in here has to make an impact around the world. Has to. Otherwise, we're just playing church. Come on. You, you've heard the saying. 
out of the world. They say it all the time. We need to put our money where our... If we're going to be in here and say, hey, he's called us to be a blessing, what are we doing about it? And so Calvary, at least over the last 10, 15 years, we've decided, hey, we're, we're going to bless our city and we're going to bless our world. And so we've expanded. Almost three years ago, we were able to give close to $20,000 to a church in Cuba so they bought a building and now they, they meet in a building. It's called Calvary Havana. It's basically almost another campus of ours and I talk to Ricardo daily and we're able to build a church, expand God's kingdom in Havana, Cuba because what's happening inside these four walls expanded outside of these four walls. Come on, because of what's happening in here we, we send money monthly and yearly uh, all the way to Mumbai, India so that Vision Rescue can grab orphans off the street, can begin to feed them and educate them and make men and women of God out of them because what's happening in here has to expand out of these four walls because whenever the wind of God blows it's to make a difference and fulfill on God's earth we've been able to raise up churches in Colombia we're feeding kids in Colombia right now compassion kids that the church is sponsoring so they get an education and a meal and a roof over their heads we're building churches in Costa Rica in Ecuador kids are getting fed through Pan de Vida Ministries because Calvary is supporting it because it's not just about what God wants to do in us but it's about what God wants to do through us and so whenever the wind of God comes come on it's going to empower it's going to equip but it's also going to expand can I get an amen and so next week we come with our offering saying God what you're doing in here has to expand beyond this because you just don't want to do something in me you want to do something through me so today I really believe that God wants to speak to us, breathe upon us. Maybe as the year closes, you need to step out into a new place in your own life and saying, God, I need to step out to this purpose and this calling. I've been, I've been shy, I've been timid, I've been holding back, but God, maybe today I need to serve on Dream Team. Maybe today I need to join a connect group. I don't know what your next step is, but, but I really believe the wind of God wants to blow over the church and say, hey, 2020 might have been rough, but I can still use the church in a pandemic year. And I really believe that the church through Jesus is the hope of the world. And I really believe as 2021 begins, people are not going to look to the news or to politicians as much as they're going to look for the church. And I'm glad that we got a place and a space where we can do that. Amen. Come on, why don't we stand up on our feet?